This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010's an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a set of 10 unique, beautiful diamond rings. And they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. This exciting collection of truly unique, limited-time diamond engagement rings is available now only at BlueNile.com. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host and founder of BricktownBuckets.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. The show is on Twitter at L-O-Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O-Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, we're going to break down the Thunder's overtime loss to the L.A. Lakers. We'll dive into Darius Baisley's big night. We're also going to discuss one key adjustment that SGA made in this game. This is Locked on Thunder, your daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the first show with my new podcasting equipment that I just got, so if it sounds different than what you're used to hearing, let me know on Twitter how we can adjust that and make it better for you. If I'm too loud, too low, whatever the case may be, I appreciate any feedback on this new setup. But I want to talk about this game as a whole first on the game overview. So the Thunder were without Tail Maldon. He was out due to health and safety protocol. If you recall, he was out Friday for the same designation. He was able to play Saturday, and now he's back out in the health and safety protocol. Mark Dignott said that he can't comment on this. Obviously, it's it's a private matter. It's just following the NBA health and safety guidelines, and whatever the league says to do, they're going to do. The Thunder have been just over the moon great with the health and safety protocols. They've been doing all the right steps and taking all the right precautions. The organization has done everything in their power to make sure everyone top to bottom is in a safe environment. You're seeing that so far throughout this entire season. Hopefully, Tail Melvin's perfectly fine, and this is just precautionary, You know, maybe just close contact with somebody, and he's perfectly healthy, and all of his family and friends are perfectly healthy as well. But he's back in the health and safety protocol, and we really don't know anything else besides that. I mean, he was in the protocol Friday, not Saturday. He's in the protocol today. Will he be in there Wednesday? Who knows? We'll see later on on the injury reports. Isaiah Roby suffered foot soreness again, so he was listed as out. Mike Muscala had a concussion. He is out and in concussion protocol. And then, of course, George Hill is out with that thumb injury for the rest of the month. Poku, Jerome, Brown, Hall, they're all in the G League, as you remember. So that left the Thunder with eight players in this game. They only had eight of them. And I know the Lakers were without AD and without Alex Caruso, but it cannot be discredited how much Mark relies on a 10-man rotation and how this team constantly runs a 10-man rotation. And so to be dealt this hand of yet again another game of only having eight players available total, and you still, one of those eight players is still Darius Miller, who is working back from that Achilles injury and can only give you 12 minutes right now, that really shortened things up. It, It does. It just shrinks your rotation and shrinks the minutes, and it wears on you. And for Mark to find the correct balance and for Mark to find the correct flow and rotational patterns was impressive. And it's been impressive 
throughout this stretch. And he starts the game out with Shea, Lou Dort, Diallo, Baisley, and now Horford. And I, I think that Shea, Diallo, and Baisley are the stories of this game. And you go back to the first quarter, Darius Baisley had that extremely hot quarter. It was a perfect quarter for Darius Baisley. He made a huge difference on the glass. He was aggressive offensively, getting to his spots and taking his shots. In that first quarter, he had 12 points and six rebounds, including an assist. And in this game, you saw him be able to flourish more as a playmaker, going on to have three assists in this contest. That first quarter was perfect. It was efficient. It was good. Of course, the efficiency wears down throughout the game. But in that first quarter, you saw the flashes of Darius Baisley, and that's what this season's about. It's about evaluating players and developing players. And Baisley shows you a ton in the first frame. And there was different moments in this game where he's having to play small ball five, and it just takes a lot out of him, especially against a guy like Montrezl Harrell offensively. I think that Baisley is where you want to be. We talked about him on Stockwatch on Monday. I'm buying stock on Darius Baisley. It's trending upwards still, even as his game wore down throughout this contest, and it was not the same as the first quarter the rest of the way. He still played really well. He's still strung together a good couple weeks here, and I think that he's only going to continue to get better as the season progresses, and you have to remember that once these guys are healthy and once the Thunder play with a full roster and simply just get bodies back, it doesn't matter really who they are, but just get bodies back, that it will take less wear and tear for Darius Baisley, and thus it'll up his percentages in my opinion. I think that Baisley was really good in this contest. In that first quarter, you know, the Lakers had eight turnovers, eight of them, and only 26 points. The Lakers just slept walk through most of this game, but a lot of that was due to how good of a game plan the Thunder had coming in and how good of a defensive effort they had coming in. And and Kenny Hustle deserves a quick note here. You know, we won't spend too much time talking about him. He was not really the marquee storyline, but he does get you six offensive rebounds, which is so crucial. You need to savor all of your possessions against LA, as you saw tonight, having to go to overtime in this game. These are so crucial to keep possessions alive and Kenny Hustle did it six times. And I think that his seven points were very valuable as well. He goes three for six, is really efficient. What I love the most about Kenny Hustle is that while he's a hustle player, and while he is someone who gives 110% effort, and he tries to make the gritty play, he tries to make the dirty plays, he tries to dive on the floor for loose balls, grab the rebounds, he does all of that and gives you 110% effort and gives you all the energy you could ever want but he does so under control. And a lot of times it's a trade-off, right? A lot of times if a player is going to give you all that energy and give you all that hustle and all that passion, he's going to play recklessly at times. Kenny Hustle is able to find the balance of being aggressive, being assertive, being energetic, and also not being out of control. And I do want to give him credit for that. That's something that really stood out in his 30 minutes in tonight's contest. But Darius Baisley was a story that first quarter. The Lakers were dominant to start the second quarter. They erased an 11-point Thunder lead, and that's where the runs began to happen. Each team would trade off runs the rest of the way until we eventually got to that overtime period. Before the half, though, Darius Baisley, going back to him, had a great play where he's able to get the ball at the break of the three-point line. He gives a little head fake and then gets to the elbow and launches an elbow jumper, nails it, splits the defense, and I think that whenever you see him think the game through in that way, 
It's only going to go up from there. Basically, in the first half, had 17 points and 10 rebounds. And Oklahoma City had a four-point lead going into the break. Now, Baisley only finishes this contest with 21 points, and he does so on 33% from the floor. So, obviously, the efficiency went away, but the rebounds remained with 16 to finish out this game. Got six more in that second half. We also have to spend a ton of time talking about SGA's game. In this game, he looks like an absolute star. And not an all-star, an absolute star. He made some amazing adjustments. I have a very interesting comparison for SGS, a cross-sport comparison that I want you to let me know if it's totally on track or way off. But I thought it was really clever. SGA in this one just proved yet again how much of a difference maker he is and how much he can take over games. And I know that this result as a team is not what you want. You know, you don't want to lose games. But take a step back and realize that this is SGA's team and he has no Chris Paul to bail him out. He has no Dennis Schroeder to bail him out. He's taken this team to the same heights last year's team was at this time, and he's done so by being the leader, by taking that leap, and he's got you in the spot you want to be in. I mean, now this next month might tell a different story record-wise, but for the time being, SGA has overperformed expectations with this group, and he's been the reason why the Thunder still have a chance to reach that play-in tournament if they're going to go that route. He's been super efficient when doing that, and he made this huge adjustment in this game that I think will take his game to the next level. And I feel extremely good about a couple podcasts ago in late January, whenever I said that at worst of the young guards in the NBA, of Colin Sexton, of Trey Young, of John Morant, of SGA, of Darian Fox, of all those guys, I would have Shea at worst second. If I'm starting a team today, that's at worst. I would take him number one. I think that he's so versatile and so valuable and makes such winning contributions that I love what he brings to the table. SGA should absolutely be an all-star. We talked about that Monday, but the voting is not based on one year alone, even though it should be. If you're only looking at this year alone, SGA was without question an all-star. So make sure you're voting for SGA to get into the NBA all-star game. Just eight more days left to vote in the all-star fan voting. Listen, betonline.ag has you covered. The Super Bowl might be over, but there's still plenty to bet on on the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You can bet on every single Thunder game, every single NBA game. There's NBA prop bets. You can bet on college hoops as March Madness begins to roll around. If you like baseball, you can bet on baseball and you can bet on who's going to win the World Series who's going to win each division as they get set to start another baseball season here soon. You can do it all at betonline.ag. So do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Do not forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. Get more of the sport news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. It's hosted by Peter Bukowski. Locked On Today is a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcast from. It's all the sport news you need in under 20 minutes. We are back on Locked On Thunder on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm Ryland Styles, and I want to talk now about SGA because SGA was an absolute star in his 41 minutes. He goes 40% from the floor 
50% from beyond the arc, 100% at the line, which is a big deal for him. He struggled at the line this season, especially in the clutch. In this game, he knocks down three clutch free throws to send this game into overtime. SGA has 29 points in this game, 10 assists, and 7 rebounds. Look, Shea is phenomenal, and I don't know how he gets to the rim so smooth and how he does it so crafty and how he just finds a way to score at the rim. And you're seeing defenses respect him so much that whenever he puts a foot in the lane, all of a sudden the entire defense collapses on him. And whenever whenever you surround him with shooters that can knock down that perimeter shot, it's going to be deadly to watch this offense. I, I just cannot wait for what this can turn into around SGA. But SGA made a huge, huge adjustment in this one. The Lakers threw out a double team at SGA, and typically in this season, whenever Shea has faced that double team, he has pulled back a bit. He's gotten more passive, and not in a bad way of he's scared of the moment, but in a sense of, okay, well, if I'm double team, somebody has to be open and have a better shot than I have, so I'm going to go ahead and give them that shot. Well, you know, in the case of Shea, I understand that thought process because he's just thinking like a logical basketball mind, but... With Shea, I'd rather him take a good shot or even an average shot than I would somebody else take a great shot because I think that Shea is just that special and and, and that he can do that and he can take those kind of superstar shots. And you saw him do it tonight, and it led to the Thunder taking the defending NBA champions to overtime in, in a game that nobody thought that they could win on this West Coast trip with only eight players that were behind the eight ball, and Shea stepped up. And you saw him take on those challenges of the double team and not be passive and not give the ball up and not only look to facilitate. You saw him split the defense on on a couple times whenever they were doubling him and and taking that leap and understanding that, okay, even if I only have a good shot compared to somebody else's great shot, I still need to take this good shot. That was what was missing from him this entire season so far. And to see it tonight was a big deal because if that continues, it unlocks another step for him as he continues to climb up this ladder of stardom and reach that top 15 potential that he has. SGA is jaw-dropping, especially around the rim. He reminds me of a gold glove shortstop. And there's my big cross-sport analogy. Let me know what you think, right? Because whenever you watch a shortstop and you watch the gold glover, he can transfer that ball out of his glove and whip it across the diamond in in two seconds. He, He can get rid of it in two seconds. He just finds ways to get that ground ball over to first base or second base, wherever he needs to go to get the out in no time at all. And Shea can just fling that ball to the rim. No matter which hand it's in, he can transfer it to whatever hand it needs to be in to fling that ball at the rim. And it somehow goes in more times than not. And being able to scoop that ball out and being able to just loft the layup in, in traffic, in transition with guys coming down on him, and against you know tough defenders in this league, I don't know how he does it. It is it is just jaw dropping to watch each and every night. So I think that he really reminds me of that just that hand skill. I don't you want know, hand eye coordination, whatever you want to attribute it to. Just his ability to transfer the basketball between the, to, between each hand at the rim is very very special. And you're seeing him unlock that level of respect from opposing defenses in the lane, but it doesn't really matter because even in this game, he got more aggressive. He shot more, but his shooting more did not result in him shooting less efficient. He started out slow efficiency wise, but then eventually it got back to where it should be. And Shea is so poised and calm. He's able to pick his spot so well that 
he can do this. Like, like he can score 29 points a night on great efficiency. And that step back three, I'm telling you, you know, the step back three in general as a highlight is one of the most fun plays in basketball. But with Shea, there's just something special about it. Maybe this is my biggest homer take, but Shea's step back three just feels different and looks different and looks cooler than anyone else's step back three. But I cannot get over the free throws. He draws the foul from beyond the arc, down three with one second left, and he nails all three of them. Now, shout out to Baisley. Again, we talked about Baisley's big night in the first quarter. Baisley also won the tip-off, which would have ended the game had he not won that tip-off off the challenge from the Lakers. Baisley did a great job there to even get the possession back for Oklahoma City. But SGA, going to the line, understanding that all season long, the biggest knock on him, the only knock on him, it's the only thing you can criticize SGA for, is him missing clutch free throws. He understood all of that. He, he compartmentalizes all of that. He goes to the line and knocks down all three of them to tie the game and send this game into overtime. Now, a couple possessions prior to that, with 15.9 seconds left, SGA misses what would have been a game-tying mid-range shot. And I saw a lot of people criticizing that shot, either saying something to the effect of, oh, well, SGA has to make that shot, or how could you take that shot if you're SGA? Look, do not play the results of this, right? Do not play the outcome of the shot. Evaluate the shot on its own, and that's a really good shot. That's a shot you want SGA taking nine times out of ten, and I promise you, I promise you, he will make it more times than he misses it. Tonight, it didn't fall his way, but if that ball falls in and he gets a shooter's roll, that's not even a discussion. It's not even a knock on SGA. Now, luckily for SGA, he comes back, draws the foul, gets the game in overtime, doesn't matter for him. People are going to forget about that shot. But in the moment, there was a ton of reaction on Twitter about you know either that was a bad shot or how could SGA ever miss that shot. Look, SGA will not miss that shot. You know, he, he will not do that on a consistent basis. He's going to be able to knock that down. And so I do not worry about that shot at the elbow whenever he gets Dennis Schroeder on his back and, and he's falling away and shooting it. That's the type of shot he can hit. That's the kind of shot that the Thunder want him to take. And he wants to take, and he's comfortable taking those shots. He works on those shots. It might look bad in the sense of, you know, what you're used to seeing on the floor, but for him, that's a normal shot. And for him, that's a shot he can make and will make. And, and I fully believe that, and I fully trust in that. So don't play the outcome of the shot. Evaluate the shot in its own right. And if Shea takes that shot again Wednesday, there's a better than good chance that it goes in. And just because it goes in doesn't make it a better shot than what it was tonight. That was a really good shot to take with 15.9 seconds left. And luckily for him, I'm so happy for him that he was able to redeem himself with those free throws. But... I love that shot from Shea. There's no one else on the floor I'd rather have taken that shot than Shea. I think it was a good idea and a good move and a good decision for him. I did find it interesting that Shea got the LBJ respect, right? LeBron James was the one guarding Shea down the stretch in this game multiple times whenever the Thunder had a side out or whenever the Thunder set up an offensive set. It was LeBron James who would go up against Shea and try to lock him down late in this game. That's just the respect that Shea deserves in these moments. Shea is a top 15 player in the clutch this year. By the numbers, he's a top 15 player in the clutch. And you saw that whenever they got the game to overtime. Now in overtime, of course, the Thunder could not do anything offensively. They couldn't buy a bucket. That's going to happen. They're playing in overtime with eight players. After playing last week on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, they're coming back on Monday on the West Coast trip. And you're already lagged from being West Coast, but then you're also West Coast with eight players, right? And a team that's used and conditioned to playing with a 10-man rotation. 
So, of course, they didn't have their legs. Of course, they didn't have the energy. Of course, they didn't have the offense in the overtime period. And the Lakers did what good teams do. The Lakers did what the defending champions do. And they closed out this game in overtime. They were able to sleepwalk through the first quarter. They were able to play their, their C game at best and still pull out a win. They're just that good. But you have to be excited and you have to be proud of the way that the Thunder fought in this game. Coming up, I still want to talk about Hamadou Diallo, but first I want to tell you about our good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago, you could have been buying auto parts online in the comfort of your own home at rockauto.com. The best time to buy auto parts online from rockauto.com was 20 years ago. The second best time, though, is right now. Check them out today for all of your needs in your vehicle. My favorite part about rockauto.com is that I know nothing about cars, as you could probably tell by most of these live reads. I know nothing about cars. You could sell me blinker fluid. You could sell me things that don't even exist, which I don't think blinker fluid does. You could do that because I know nothing about cars, but with rockauto.com, I don't have to know anything about cars. All I have to do is put my make, my model, my year into their database. And whenever I do that, with my make, my model, my year, they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. That way, I'm not wasting time on parts I can't use, parts I don't need, and it's going to save me time, effort, and money in the long run if you just go over to rockauto.com. You can skip the upcharge at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com has all the parts your car will ever need with their amazing selection. When you go to rockauto.com, tell them Lockdown sent you in the How Did You Hear About Us box, and they'll know what to do from there. We are back on Locked On Thunder, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I want to tell you right now that the Locked On Podcast Network presents more than a game. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and successes of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than a Game. This week, Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Alea of Locked On Women's Basketball Discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to Locked On Presents podcast feed on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast from to hear that amazing podcast. I want to continue this show by talking about Hamadou Diallo. And I've been called the Diallo apologist before. I have constantly bought stock in Hamadou Diallo throughout the years. And Diallo's putting together a most improved player case. And in fact, if the season ends today, I'm not sure who else you can give it to except for Hamadou Diallo in the MIP race. He has upped his efficiency so well, his per 36 numbers rival that of Kawhi Leonard. Diallo is doing impressive things. And we talked and gave him praise on Sunday after the Timberwolves game on Saturday about the different roles he's been thrown into. Here's a guy in Hamadou Diallo that coming into this year, throughout his NBA career, has not been consistent, has not been efficient, and has been somebody who doesn't play under control. And in this season, he gets the biggest role of his career. He sees that role change three different times in the span of three months. He sees it change game to game. He sees it change week to week with this, with all of the different lineup changes and injuries and, and health and safety protocols. With all of that, he's bounced in and out of the starting lineup He's gone from sixth man to, you know, he's gone to sixth man to playing 10 minutes a game. He's done it all. I mean, he's truly done it all. He's been the starting point guard on this team. He's been 
entrusted with point guard responsibilities for the second unit on this team, a position in which nobody thought in November he'd ever play in his NBA career. And he's done all of that while being efficient. Something that a lot of people never thought Diallo could do. And you have to give him credit for, for making those changes in general. Like it's incredibly hard to shake the narrative about you. It's incredibly hard to buck a trend in the NBA, but Diallo has done that. He's been efficient. He's done, he's righted all of his wrongs and he's done so not only just in general as an NBA player, but he's done so while seeing his role evolve game to game and never knowing from one moment to the next, what will be expected of him. And whenever you give him all these responsibilities, you always say, you see it on Twitter all the time, or you see it anywhere all the time of, okay, well, this is the game that Diallo turns back into his old self and he gets too ahead of himself and he tries to do too much. Not the case. It's just simply not the case in any of these games. Diallo has truly turned a corner. And again, per 36, you can debate that those stats all year long, but that just kind of puts into context how really good he's been so far this year. If he keeps that up, I don't know how in the world you don't give this guy most improved player. Truly, show me the case for anyone else except for Diallo if the season ends today. Who would win MIP? Because it has to be Diallo. It just has to be. Now, maybe I'm just totally forgetting somebody and I'm just so enamored with this performance of 20 points for the Thunder in the starting lineup, 11 rebounds, fishing out two assists, getting a steal, getting a block, having zero turnovers despite having minutes at the point guard position and once again being efficient on 47% shooting from the floor, one for three from beyond the arc. That three was huge. That was almost wiped off by a Kenny Hustle loose ball foul. And then he gets to the line four times, goes three for four at the stripe. Diallo deserves so much credit this year. And again, I just think that this is another moment where you're seeing him be the most improved player. And he's one of the most valuable players on the Thunder. Like on the Thunder, Diallo's been so valuable that he's been able to be so versatile and able to answer every single call. Anytime you need him to fill in somewhere, he can do it. He's, he's bounced from the small forward position to the point guard position. He's played some power forward at times. Diallo's been all over the place. And Diallo's done every single role he's been asked to do, with, and he's passed them with flying colors. With flying colors. There's a couple games early on where you could see that the new role and the new roster construction was different for him, and he was trying to do too much. He was trying to take too much ownership and too much leadership role and too much of the pressure onto himself, right? Taking too much umbrage with, okay, I've got to be the one to lead this team. I've got to be the one to lead the second unit. I'm the most tenured Thunder player. I'm the one the second unit to create. And once he allowed himself to just go play basketball, don't worry about any of that other stuff, they're not worry about being this you know, larger-than-life second-unit player, just play your game. Once he started to make that switch, it's been a totally different game ever since then for Diallo. And even with those couple games at the start of the year where you scratched your head and, and wondered if the, if the spot as the premier bench player was too big for him, he settled in extremely nicely. Now, I don't think that Diallo's a long-term starter, but a sixth, seventh man is going to be where he fits in at if he can play this way for the rest of his career. And maybe, I'll be honest, maybe I'm forgetting somebody. Maybe I'm totally forgetting somebody's great MIP case, maybe Christian Wood. I don't know. But but I think that Diallo's jump is larger than than a, a jump of Christian Wood. And I think that it's even larger than SGA, right? Because with SGA, and with Christian Wood even, but with SGA, you have to factor in, it was all expected from them. Like, they're the first-round picks. They're the ones who are supposed to be you know, making these steps. And they're right on track to do exactly what they need to do. With Diallo, a lot of people have written him off already. 
coming into the year, a lot of people wrote him off and, and didn't even know what his future looked like past this current contract. And now I'm getting questions in the DMs and mentions, you know, what's the contract going to look like this year? How are the Thunder going to re-sign him? What's it going to be like? Those are things that nobody would have worried about in November. That's how good he's been. That's how much he's changed the way you think about Diallo. And that's impressive. I mean, that truly is impressive to watch. And I cannot believe that I'm sitting here saying that Diallo is an MIP candidate. Look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. And the mock headline of the night is SGLA. Gilgis Alexander thrives in LA. That's the mock headline. It is the cheesiest segment in all of NBA podcast land, but I really do enjoy it. Let me know your mock headline of this game. The MVP of this game is SGA for the way he stepped up and the way he played and got this game into overtime. Who's your MVP of the game? Let me know all that good stuff on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. On Wednesday's show, we're going to go to the Spice-O-Meter. We're going to have all your hot takes thrown into one podcast. I'm going to grade them one through five on the hot take meter So give me your hot takes on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. We're going to grade them on the show. Also going to take a trip around the power rankings, see where the Thunder are in each and every power ranking, and preview the second matchup against the Los Angeles Lakers on Wednesday. Another jam-packed week of Lockdown Thunder. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked On Thunder. Perfect ending to a historic day. This episode was brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a set of 10 uniquely beautiful diamond rings, and they're available now exclusively at bluenow.com. This exciting collection of truly unique limited edition diamond engagement rings are available now only at bluenow.com.